want to talk to you about the real Christmas today. <laughs> amen, amen. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Jesus, we invite you, O oh God. I pray that you would touch my lips, that you would anoint the ears of the listeners, that you would anoint our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would heal bodies as they're listening to the word, that people would be loosed from their bondages, that we, that we would be set free from all the works of the enemy. Father, I commit this time to you. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, have your way in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Good morning, and I want to talk to you about the real Christmas today. I know over the years we have diluted the message and the essence of Christmas. Even the mainstream Christianity um, and the you know well-meaning believers have lost the essence of Christianity or Christmas, not Christianity, Christmas, I mean. But I still believe there is a Christmas spirit and there is, this is a special season. You know, I used to think, you know, it's just one of those times, right, man-made. But a few years ago, God uh, prophetically spoke to me about the season, and there is, even though December 25th is exactly not the birth date of Christ, but God still has a, a relevance for the season. And uh, I remember him telling me, my son, this, uh, this was a few years ago, before the Dece 25th of December, I'm going to bless you with a special gift. And uh, I was like, wow, it's going to be a Christmas gift. <laughs> And uh, so I realized that God has a plan and purpose during the season. And he, uh, soon after, he revealed to me that every month, this is the vision he showed us, uh, every month, just like Santa comes with his gifts you know, you know, on a sleigh, that every month that he's going to bring a download of gifts to our door. Every month of that, this year actually, 2018, um, we got the prophetic word. So I recognize that all these traditions, and there is some meaning behind it, but put Christ in it, and it all becomes real. So I want to talk to you about the real Christmas, because it is important for us to understand that Christmas is more than the nativity story, the wise men, the shepherds, the baby swaddled in, you know, the blanket and all that. There's way more to Christmas than that. And uh, I would say the average Christian is ignorant of why Christ was born. We know the story, like I said, even the average Christian, I say, even the, even the lot in the Pentecostal churches and in the charismatic churches um, do not know why really Christ came. And we're trying to go and unravel the real gift in the Christmas story. Turn with me to Luke 2, verse 14. And it says, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, and goodwill toward men. Come on, let's, let's repeat that if everyone. Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, and goodwill toward men. You know, this en encapsulates the whole Christmas message. Glory to God in the highest. It's all the origin is God. The source of this is God. But his intention is what? 
peace on earth and goodwill toward all mankind. This is a great event that unfolded and we, we get to enjoy the benefits of it even today. The, the chief purpose is goodwill, the goodness of God revealed to all men. Not only really just reveal, but for you to man, you know, have it manifested in your life. So God's grand scheme, when I said goodwill toward men, keep that in your mind, because God's grand scheme is to awaken the whole world to what? To their divine identity, their divine worth, and inheritance in Christ Jesus. The society might have you thinking that you are worthless based on the work that you do or based on the color of your skin or based on the clothes that you wear. But God does not want you to buy into that. That's a man-made and devilish scheme of things to divide man based on race, gender, color, national origin, whatever it might be. When God said through Christ, goodwill toward all men, he wants to bring or restore your divine worth. You are no ordinary being. You are not an average person. You are a unique expression of God, and you are worthy. You are worth it as well. Because you are from God. You proceed from the great spirit called God. Now, uh, you know, as Dan was telling this morning, many of us were battling sicknesses and other things, other challenges. But you got to put everything in perspective. This body is wasting away. Our eyes should always be on the spirit self, the spirit man or the spirit woman that we are. Yes, as uh, you know, we can rebuke, many sicknesses will go away, many sicknesses will be healed. It's all good. I, I buy into that as well. But our goal and our eyes should be focused on what? On the spirit and growing in the spirit realm. And so God's grand scheme to awaken the whole world to the spirits that we are, to our divine identity, no division, no male, no female, no Jew, no Gentile. And our worth and inheritance in Christ Jesus. So that's where the goodwill toward men. Peace on all the earth and goodwill toward men. Or, or all mankind. So I want to touch today five reasons for the season. And, uh, but if you remember the story in the book of John where Jesus was, before crucifixion, was standing before Pilate. And uh, Pilate asked him, are you the king of Jews? You know, Jesus said, you say I'm a king. But then he says, for this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Christ said, I came to bear witness, to testify to what the truth is. The truth about God, 
the truth about you as man or woman. I want to bear witness to what this is all about, what this life is all about. And everyone who is of the truth listens to the voice. Remember, there's a verse that says, my sheep hears my voice. So what is the truth? Because we've heard this verse, the truth that shall set you free. Know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And Jesus says, I was born to bear witness to the truth. And uh, if you've heard any of my teachings in the past, I've repeated this fact that the truth is that, that we are sons and daughters of God. We are divine beings. We are not our sins. We are not our shortcomings. We are not our... We are not the mess that we see around. We are not, it's, it's, uh, Satan will try to crowd you to try to completely pummel you down with all the other baggages in the flesh so that you don't see who you are in Christ. That's just a distraction. That's him throwing dirt. And, you know, God gave me a prophetic word yesterday. He said he's going to move us from the dirt track to the race track. You know, we've been, a lot of us have been running in the dirt track, but we've been racing through the dirt track, but dirt's been flying around. But he said, I'm going to transition you from the dirt track to the racetrack. Now, in racetrack, it's going to be clean, it's going to be much more faster, and he's going to accelerate his plans for us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So for this purpose, for the purpose of awakening the world, I was born, Christ said. I did not come to form religion. I did not come to make you memorize so many scriptures so that you can act holy. But I came so that you awaken to your divine identity and purpose as a child of God, as a son of God, as a daughter of God. Not a sinner, not sin conscious, but you know that you are righteous in Christ. That you are a spirit. But there will be a lot of battles, like I said. There will be a lot of battles to keep you away from seeing this. As long as you're playing church, Satan is okay. But as long as you're advancing in awakening, he's going to throw all hell and high water against you. He wants to make sure the whole mankind is kept under, inferior, never rising to who they really are. So the educational system is designed in a way where it's just a bunch of intellectual knowledge. You know, people look up to doctors and engineers. You think they are any better? They are not. They are just more educated. I don't want to call the word fools, but they are asleep. They're just a bunch. They're educated, but they are asleep. So just because someone's a doctor or got a medical degree doesn't make him any better if he's not awakened to who he is in Christ. It's useless. A profession or a financial background don't make you any better than the second person. We all are divine beings. We all need to get awakened to who we are in Christ Jesus. So education, that was Satan's goal. Trying to keep the societal status based on your race, education, quality. It's, it's a lie. Black, white, yellow, the whole thing is different expressions of God. God ain't white. God ain't black either. 
You know, if you look at the light, no one can say light is one color. Light is a spectrum. It's got multiple colors in the thing called light. You cannot say light is white or light is orange. It's not the case. We all are sons and daughters of God. We all are divine. So Christ was born to bear witness to this truth that we are divine beings. He wanted to wake up the whole world again because of what the enemy had done. I'll get into the details in a second. And then also in John 1, 29, verse 29, it says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So Christ was also born for this purpose, to take away the sin and the sin consciousness of the world. The sin, the sin thing was never ours to take into. Meaning, in other words, it was, not, it, it, was some, it was not something that was proceeding from us, really. It was imposed upon us by deception. We are what? We are divine. Sin is not natural to us. That's what the Bible talks about lesbians and gays. It says, men and women left their natural inclinations and went and did something what? Unnatural. It is not natural. It is not, it is not natural for a divine being to go and do lesbianism or homosexuality. It is against the grain of divinity. It is not right for a lion to go and eat grass. The lions are cut for what? For meat. So when men and women who are made in the image of God does something against the grain of divine identity, which is a woman going sleeping, that is against the truth of God. Meaning they are not made for that. You're going against the grain. That's why we can't cover up and mask homosexuality. And when you see it, confront it with the truth. But be gentle. Say it is wrong. This is a wrong lifestyle. Instead of saying, I love you, whether you're gay or lesbian. No, that is, you're not loving them. You're sending them straight to the pit fires of hell. If you love them, tell them the truth and say, brother, you are divine. Acting gay is unnatural to you. Thank you, Lord. So behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. didn't say sins, plural, but the sin of the world. What's the sin of the world? So all the sins can be bucketed into this sin. What's the sin? It's a rebellion. And everything that man has done out of a distorted consciousness can be summed up into one category called the sin or the error. So he didn't come to take away just one category of error, but the whole aspect of human sin, proceeding from a malfunctioning consciousness. Man was never made for this, but he got programmed into this by his enemy, and uh, God sent his son to save the world. He said, this is not my people's portion. They don't need to be running around like zombies. I'm going to save them. Behold the Lamb of God 
who takes away the sin of the world. Thank you, Lord. As I mentioned, why did this happen? A malfunctioning consciousness. Just like a computer gets infected by a virus, Satan injected this evil programming through deception. And it says in Isaiah 53, verse 6, We all, like sheep, had gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And, but the, what did the Lord do? The Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. What a noble God. What a righteous God we serve. He didn't leave us in the darkness. He laid on him. On whom? On Jesus. Come on, everyone say Jesus. On Jesus, the iniquity of us all. You know, I, we were on the way here to church, we were listening to Airborne. It's a little more progressive compared to Kalo, but it's Christian channels. And uh, actually with Kalo and Airborne, they say, we spread positive message, positive encouragement. I like, you know, suddenly God spoke to me. You know, that's so missing in general in the world. When I say positive, we got to keep dwelling on or celebrate each other's divinity instead of focusing on our weaknesses. When we look at our neighbors, we start looking at what's wrong with them. But instead, we need to start now practicing and looking at the positive aspects of people. I also heard recently, I think it was on Kayla or one of the Christian radios, but they were talking about husbands and wives and the marriage and relationships. And they were saying so often the problem is husbands look to the wife's shortcomings, wife looks to the husband's shortcomings. But the Bible says cherish one another. But to cherish someone, it means to look at their best aspects. Yes, you have weaknesses, but I choose to look at your best aspects. What's good in you and what's positive about you. And that's how you overcome evil with good. Yes, I can dwell all day on all my wife's shortcomings and make myself miserable and make my house miserable. Or I can rebound and say, I'll look at what's good about her. But to focus on her divine identity rather than her flesh. Jesus. Hallelujah. So five reasons for the season. Number one, Jesus came to let the world know that they are already forgiven. It's amazing how, you know, we have this message of, hey, come to Christ, he'll forgive you. But guess what? You're already forgiven. It is finished. We got to get the message out, actually. In the, in the past tense, it's already done. The good news that we are taking is, my friend, you don't have to live in, in the pig's tent. You're all, you can, you know, your father is rich. Come on over. You're already forgiven. It is done. And that's why he says in 2 Corinthians 5.19, For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, Look at the next one. No longer 
counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this message of reconciliation. This is what we are trying to do now. This is called real evangelism. We are not going to go and say, you are a sinner, you're going to hell. No, no, no. We are saying, hey, listen, you are divine, you are forgiven, come on over to the fold of God. It's been paid for. The message of reconciliation. Thank you, Lord. And number two, Jesus came so that we may have the abundant life. The Greek word, I've mentioned this before, the Greek word for abundant life is zoe. Zoe means the highest quality of existence, actually. The highest quality of existence. Meaning it starts here on earth. It's not, yes, it is there for, for eternity, but it starts now. As the minute you receive Christ and come to the fold. You know, by the way, I need to share this prophetic message. So yesterday I, I was reading a prophet that I uh, know. His uh, writing, he said they were doing a baptism service. And in the baptism service he saw the angel of God sealing the forehead of every person who was getting baptized. Sealing the forehead. Remember in the book of Revelation, it talks about sealing the forehead. But this was happening in the baptism service. And he told the prophet, this is actually happens at every baptism service. Why the forehead? Anybody? Because this is all about what? Awakening your mind to who you really are. This is not about you following rituals and burning candles. This is about waking you up as a divine being. An expression of God. So the angel is sealing the forehead because the race starts there. Your awakening process starts at the baptism, water baptism. And it then, the Bible says the path of the righteous is like the shining light that shines more and more perfect under the perfect day. So this, this light that you start the journey, it's get, it gets brighter and brighter as you walk with Christ as years pass by. And it, it ends where? Under the perfect day. Meaning you come into full enlightenment. Full enlightenment. Of the spirit you are. That you are not some inferior person. That you are a son. A daughter of God. So he came so that we may have what? The abundant life. Apostle and I were talking. There were several other men too. We were talking last night about some denominations who teach you. To be miserable while you are here on earth. I don't want to name the denomination, but they have deferred everything to afterlife. But the people are so miserable. If someone wants to pray for your healing, they would say, no, I don't think it's God's will to heal anyone in this time frame. Don't pray for my healing. Some say that it's, it's God's will for me to suffer. It's God's will for me to go through this and that. But God has made all this available. Healing, deliverance is the portion of the children. So there's so many misdoctrines and teachings against 
or demonizing the earth life and saying, no, 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 don't worry about this life. But that is not the case. He came so that we can start having the abundant life right now and here. Nobody wants to come to a miserable Christian. Nobody wants to have a religion that you're following if you're miserable. A lot of the cults originated like that, and you know, you know most of them are done. They're no longer existing. John 10, 10, I'm co- I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. So as I said, this life is characterized by three things, peace, joy, and right standing with God. When I say right standing, not based because you perfectly obeyed God in the flesh, it's a frame of mind in your spirit that you know who you are in Christ, despite all your shortcomings in the flesh, that you know you are not that, your spirit. Peace, joy, and righteousness of the Holy Spirit is the abundant life. There's great peace, there's great joy, and there is great right standing with God in your heart. You know who you are. Without it, there's no joy. As Dan was telling earlier, without the presence of God, without knowing who you are in the Spirit and the presence of God, I don't know how you can be satisfied. It's a dead religion, following a lot of rituals. I've been there. I remember even in the, I've been sitting in charismatic Pentecostal church in the past. They didn't know the truth. We would just go through the motions but nobody would teach you on what it means to empower you and raise you up as a king and a priest. They didn't know. It was all about now, like I said, it is better than the Catholics and the other denominations are backward. But when a lot of charismatic churches are still teaching people to worship this far God, but never waking you up to your divine identity. It's not happening. And they don't know. And you're going through all this confusion and all these anxieties, and you're like, what's happening? Because you don't know who you are. You're lost. But Jesus said, I have come that they might have life, the the true life of God, where there is joy. There's a lot of pressing in, though, my friends. See, uh, this is not an easy thing to receive, to be honest with you. It's not like you can just, as I mentioned last time, in my message from bondage to freedom, that one of the chief things is alignment. You got to be aligned with the apostolic prophetic. That's why God restored that in the last 20, 30 years. And now it's catching up high speed. The true apostles are coming out. The true, the fake apostolic and the fake system is crumbling. They don't have any power. They can't sustain. You might go 10, 15 miles, but you don't have the threshold to go 200 or 300 miles because it, you're never made as an apostle or a true prophet. So just as a, a, a car operates when the engine and the suspension and the, uh, the fuel and the whole thing operates, synchronizes properly, the car moves well. That's why when you are aligned with the true apostolic, prophetic, pastoral, teachers, evangelists, the, whole, the, the right fivefold structure, you're going to grow rapidly. And that's what this church is, it's a, a pillar in the house of the living God. Remember when Betty Love came, she said, this church 
is a storehouse and this city is a storehouse city. This is set apart by God for true revelation, the true apostolic, the true prophetic to proceed. True teachings that will empower you, raise you up into who you, are, who you need to do, what you need to do and who you really are. So to, in, to, get, to get this life, to get the car moving, you have to have the proper alignment, which some of you are doing for sure. And secondly, you got to press in. This is not for casual Christians. All the promises of God are yes and amen through Christ, but you got to press in. You got to be all about this. Just like an athlete, you know, Apostle Paul talks about the attitude of a soldier, enduring hardships, but keeping the eye on the price. You have to be all about getting awakened. You got to reorganize your day. To ensure that God and the, the kingdom of God and his righteousness gets priority. You are like a sponge ready to absorb all the new wine and the things of the spirit. That means you had to put off and throw away some of your old tapes and old books from your old denominations and old teachers. They are no longer relevant for you now. You graduated into 10th grade. What are you doing with first grade books? You're still holding on to your old stuff. You don't need that. Throw it away. So in order to have life, there's a lot of pressing in daily. And uh, the Bible says the kingdom of God suffereth violence, and violent men enters into it by force. How much do you want God? How much do you want the joy of God? Because you ain't never going to be happy without coming into union with the Spirit of God. You can test and try the drugs and alcohol out. It's all temporary. The true joy, the true bliss that mankind is waiting for can only be filled when you come into union, convergence with God, and knowing your divine worth and divine identity, and being in that place, the sweet spot with God. Thank you, Jesus. Number three. Jesus came, he was born so that we may receive the revelation of who he is and who we are. Let's look at this verse. 1 John 5.20, he says, We know that the Son of God has come, and he has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. One of the purposes Christ was born is not so that you can have a nice Christmas tree. It's so that you can have the understanding of who? The true God. We were once worshippers of idols and we were alienated from the true God. But through Christ, we've now given a revelation of who really the true God is. The creator of the universe. The sustainer of life. We are no longer fighting in the dark. Everyone sitting here now have some glimpse or some revelation of who God is. And you're trying to see it more clearly. As Apostle Paul said, we behold, like through a hazy glass right now, it's not clear, but it's getting clearer of who God is. And it goes on to say, and we are in him who is true. How? By being in his son, Jesus Christ. So who he is, he revealed to us. And now he's revealing 
who we are. Who are we? We are an expression of the divine God. You are not an ordinary person. You are a highly intelligent, high potential person, man and woman sitting here. God waiting to release you into the world with the coat of many colors. The society and the, and the system has ingrained you or has uh, forced you into one way of thinking, but you got to break out of that. You're a highly intelligent, highly capable being. Now, the problem with us Christians is, like I said, we jump, we shout, we love the prophetic words, we don't do nothing about it, though. We don't take any risks. You have, we have to step out. If God has given you a prophetic word in any sphere of influence, you got to stand up and do your due diligence. You got to step out and do, take, take, take action. You know, the, like I said, the journey from Egypt to the promised land was only 11 days. But God didn't send them through that way because there were huge giants that Israel would be afraid of. But they could have, honestly, they could have beaten it, but they weren't ready mentally to fight that. They didn't know who they were, let me put it that way. And so God said, you know, they don't know who they are. If I put them right now in front of those giants, they're going to run back. But the journey is short. The journey to your, your destiny the journey to you coming out as a son and daughter of God is not that far. It's about you facing some giants. It's about you facing some risks head on. It's about you saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But very few Christians take any risks. They don't want to. As God said, try me. And prove me. He said, come on, take some risks and see what I can do for you. But unfortunately, we play it safe. People are playing it too safe. They go to a job that they have, they're familiar with. You know, I'm telling you, I've been um, in, in many different um, spheres in the business, business world, in many Fortune 500 companies. I never got a job that I knew what to do. I stepped in in faith, and God met me there. I wouldn't have my financial, uh, any finances that I have today if I didn't take any risks. I remember my father did the same thing when, he, when I, I was a child. God spoke to him and said, you got to step out and do this business. Now, he could have been working on the, in the, his regular company, making meager money, he would have just got, but God said, no, you have to step out. It's going to be a huge risk. It's a hit or miss thing. But he stepped out in faith, did what God wanted him to do. He retired multimillionaire. I'm just telling you for the glory of God. So what I'm trying to say is, you have to be able to take some risk, not from your flesh. If God said it, just do it. So I had some giants facing me, like I said, in my job and in my life. But I would face it heads, head on. Head on. I just had this, this, I don't know if it's blind boldness or what. 
but I would just do it. If God said it, I would do it. I wouldn't ask anybody's opinion because I know you're going to discourage me. I, I don't need your opinion. If God said it, I'm going to do it. And I realized that's a way to your destiny. You got to be decisive and you got to be ready to take risks. If you're going to go and check on Google and have all popular opinions, you're going to sit at home. I don't know your situation, but it could be unique. But if you have a prophetic word on any areas of life, any spheres of your life, take a bold step. The odds are against you. It's okay, but God is with you. If God is for you, who can be against you? Test and try God. Prove Him. Amen. And he goes on to say uh, in Matthew 16, 18, Jesus asked Peter and the disciples, who do you say I am? And uh, some said, you know, you are John the Baptist. Some said you are a version of Elijah. But Peter said what? You are the son of the living God. And Jesus goes on to say, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father in heaven. And then he says this verse, upon this rock. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. A church that is fully established in their divine identity, in their divine power, no gates of hell will prevail against it. And as a church, you are the church. I'm not talking about a building here. But it's the rock. What is the rock here? The rock of Revelation. Upon the rock of revelation, as you grow in revelation of who you are, who God is, no gates of hell can prevail against you. You're going to storm through it all. You're going to crush your opposition into pieces. You're going to make them like fine dust. Thank you, Lord. But it's upon the rock of revelation. And Jesus, remember the verse here? He said, God, He has come to give us an understanding. He has give, he's come to give us revelation more and more. If you are not growing in revelation, find a new teacher. Find a new preacher. <laughs> he didn't assign you to be in any denomination. Actually, the Bible says God has assigned to every man or a woman a preacher, actually. <laughs> It is, not, it is not a denomination that you need to be loyal to. At every season of your life, ask God, Lord, connect me with the right teachers and preachers who can take me to the next level. So upon the rock of revelation, he's building his church. A revelation-less church is a powerless church. It's just a form of godliness without any power. First John 2.20 says, You have been anointed by the Holy One, and you, all ha you have all knowledge. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you in His true, true sense and true fashion, uh, profound revelation comes upon you. I remember when I first got saved, 
this was in 2003 i started to you know say bible verses that or even because i really didn't know anything in the bible in depth i i because I, i knew the bible but i didn't really i was not a student of the bible anything. but when i really got saved when the holy spirit came upon me i started to get all these verses coming out of my mouth and not only just verses an understanding of what this is example john 1 in the beginning was the word the word was with god and the word was god this is the verse everybody i heard about this before but when the holy spirit came upon me and when i became born again this verse became life i suddenly realized jesus christ is god in flesh and it was like wow so what is saying is when you are anointed by the holy one you have knowledge you have revelation you have an understanding of what this is all about that's why we emphasize holy spirit in churches without holy spirit you will never be awakened without awakening you are playing dead religion you're confused thank you lord number 4 jesus came he was born so that for what to destroy the works of the devil let's look at that verse 1 john 3:8 bible says for this purpose the son of god was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil the works of the devil are more serious than people know the stuff that he has done into our family bloodlines into societies into nations into military forces into governments is beyond what you can imagine the kind of mess and the kind of web he's laid in the spirit realm is so deadly and so devastating only a spiritual person can break it off only a spiritual person can untie or loose the bondages of the enemy this is why jesus remember there was a lady with an infirmity sitting in the church for 18 years she's coming off and on or actually maybe she's coming regularly to church the bible says she was in the synagogue for 18 years but then jesus steps in he taught the word then he calls her forward and says woman thou art loosed and the bible says she instantly stood up instantly stood up he came why because to destroy the works of the devil so only spiritual people can lose in your bondage just because he's wearing a black shirt or a white shirt or a title of a bishop or deacon doesn't mean anything because the pharisees and the sadducees they all had the titles they were running the synagogue but the the lady was sitting with an infirmity for how many years 18 years It's too long guys for you to be in a bondage 18 years You know some of I know some of the people who've come to this church had visited been members of churches in in the city for many years but they've come here in a second they got a prophetic word that changed their course You had to do something and come But the son of God The true anointing is here to destroy the evil works against you, your brain, your family, your bloodline and the whole 9 yards. 
My, my sons and I were watching football yesterday, and there was this uh, ad about U.S. Air Force coming. Beautiful ad. I loved it. It's inspiring, right? The Air Force. And suddenly the Lord said, my son, I want you to remember to intercede for the U.S. Air Force, Army, military. I, I was like, what, Lord, what? He said, there are too many spells cast against our nation's military, army. And you, as a priest, need to intercede and to break every witchcraft spell, every voodoo, every, every devilish work that is hindering the U.S. Air Force, the military, the army. Just like we pray for the nation, we also got to keep all the branches of the U.S. government in mind when we pray. Because if we don't cast these things out, these, the, the military and the army and the Air Force starts to function below par. They would start to get unrighteous men and women in there, and there would be all sorts of corruption. So yeah, I didn't even wait. As I was standing there, I said, in the name of Jesus, I break every devilish spell, every witchcraft, every binding against U.S. Air Force. And the Lord said, that's all I need. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. You decree a thing and it shall be established. And it did it. And, in, and many of you sitting here are priests after the order of Melchizedek. You have the, you're after the priestly order. The world is waiting for your intercession, your declaration. Amen. Now, you might think, man of God, my situation is this and that. And, Listen, this is devil's tactic. You might have a mess running around you right there. Don't worry about it. You focus on your assignment. Don't worry about the immediate problems around you. God wants us to focus on our spiritual assignment, not on the distractions of the daily life. That'll come and go. Leave it. It's like a windshield wiper. Knock that thing out. But you focus on your assignment. Your spiritual assignment is a priestly assignment. You got to monitor your society, your, your surroundings, your nation, and be a thermometer, or actually what was a, a positive thermostat? Set the temperature. You, you set the temperature, of the climate, of how things need to be. And he says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Again, I, he came, why? To destroy the works of the devil. People don't give enough credit to the devil for all the evil works. They just blame it on each other. They say, it's Dan's character. It's Vicky's character. It's Pamela's fault. No, 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 no. There's a demon behind it. Break the works of the devil, and the people will be shining in righteousness. That's why, you know, sometimes you can go to nations for ministry, but until you break some of the spiritual strongholds, you ain't getting any evangelism out. You can talk about Jesus to them, they won't get saved. There are some deep strongholds that need to be broken off first so that they can be receptive to the gospel. The Son of Man came so that he might destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. Finally, Jesus came 
to reveal the power of an indestructible life. Come on, everyone repeat this. I have an indestructible life. You have an indestructible life through the Holy Spirit in you. You carry a portion of the Holy Spirit in you. You are gods. You are divine. We are sons and daughters waiting to manifest to the world. He came to reveal that power. And the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.10, Now it has been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So Jesus came to really shed light into a dark world that was under all sorts of confusion and error. He was, Satan thought he had man. He thought, this is done. There's no hope. Man's going to sit in darkness, never knowing his divine identity or power. I'm going to suppress this mankind. I'm going to keep them inferior. I'm going to keep them weak. I will never let them know that they can rise up and decree a thing and break that thing off. I want them to identify them with themselves with their weaknesses. I want them to identify themselves with their shortcomings. This was devil's goal. But then Christ came. It's like you know, in a dark room and the light is lit. Boom. Dark. Where is dark? It's gone. Christ came. Now is shedding light. But again, the light will reach you only through the proper alignment. This awakening and this enlightenment happens through the proper alignment with the apostolic, the prophetic, and the fivefold that God has ordained. That's why I love this movement and what we are doing here. Because I got awakened after coming to City Gate Church and aligning with Apostle Dutch Sheets. I can testify that. I'll tell that uh, the rest of my life here on earth that it was here that was my turning point. Because I was a good Christian. But I, I, was not, I was not fully awakened. I was only partially awakened. I knew who God was, but I didn't know who I am. <laughs> so he's brought life and immortality to light. Tapita, would you come and play? If you don't mind, thank you. So we're going to close in a, a few minutes. I want you to think about this indestructible life you have through the virtue of the spirit that you and I carry. Every one of us sitting here, there is so much potential, so much power in you. All you got to do is just rise up, shake that thing off. A lot of conditioning has made us think that we, are, we cannot, we are not able to do it. That's not true. If you're not in a place to rise up and do it, find a person here who is strong in faith to help you through. That's how I did it, honestly. I had several intercessors and prayer partners helping me through. When I fall, my wife picks me up. When, my, I, when she falls, I pick her up. Or her friends pick what, we have, you need. You cannot be an island. You got to learn to network in the spirit realm. You got to have people of God, people strong in faith, you need to know some tongue-talking people. When I say tongue, it's Holy Ghost tongues. Some things cannot be cut down without the Holy Ghost tongues. Only in the intellect can only do certain. 
to take you to a certain extent. If you are still lost and confused and miserable, you need the Holy Ghost deliver, cleansing, purging of your floor, purging of your consciousness. Thank you, Lord. Our, our goal is to take the gospel to all the world. You know, we've seen the story of Santa going from North Pole to all the world to send gifts. And that's why I put the map there. This is the world. It's not too big, to be honest with you. We can, we can travel to this world by plane and by other mediums. But we got to get our vision higher. Jesus told Peter, first strengthen yourself, then go convert your brethren. Take time to be strong in the spirit because you are already a spiritual being. You just got to recalibrate, be strong, and then go help others. And for some of you, it might be the region of Memphis. For others, it might be Mississippi. But others, it might be five states in the U.S. Apostle is uh, focusing on ATM, Arkansas, Tennessee, Mississippi. For Dutch sheets, it's the whole of the United States. For others, it's a continent of Africa or continent of Asia. For, few, uh, for some of us, it would be the whole world. But we don't know whatever your assignment is. Get your vision broader. Focus on your assignment. You are not your profession. You are not some average person. You are a priest and a king. God wants to use you. Keep your eyes wider. Look at what's happening around. Like I said, yesterday it was a big uh, uh, aha moment for me when the Lord told me to pray for the U.S. Air Force. And not just pray. Praying is one thing. He told me to break the spells of the Air Force. Thank you, Lord. You know, the Bible says, we have peace with God now. We have peace with God. And so if you would please rise up, let's take some time to pray. You know, this Christmas, I want everybody to be closing this season, closing this year with great joy, with great peace, knowing that we have peace with God. We are not an enemy, enmity with God. God is not mad at you. God is just waiting to reconcile you. It's a devil's tactic to say, tell you that you are enemies with God. That's not the case. God wants to tabernacle in you. God wants to pour out a spirit in you. But you got to be aggressive as well. As God comes along, you have to be aggressive in partnering with God. Reorganize your day. Find time to connect with other men and women of faith. Be of a, like a militant attitude. Cut through every opposition of the enemy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, lift your hands. Whoever is in need today, we're going to break off some stuff that had been hindering you, that had kept you under. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, for every lifted hand here, Lord, as thy priest, I lift up these people unto thy hands, Lord. I pray for your mercy and your salvation upon them and their households. I pray that you would send thy fire to purge their bloodlines, their homes. 
their bodies, their souls, their emotions clean. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I bind every work of the enemy that is against them and I break it in the name of the Lord Jesus of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Come on, content. Content. Wrestle. Trample upon the enemy. He's given you power to tread upon the serpents, scorpions, and every evil thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, trade with God in the spirit. If you can't say any prayer, just say hallelujah. Just keep praising God. Doesn't make any sense. Just keep praising God. 